Hello, 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 and welcome to Bitches with Beards. And on this week's episode, I asked a question. If the butler always did it, then why are there so many murders during a cost of living crisis? Darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. Yay! <laughs> We're the podcast that attempts to break down the culture with all the elegance of two coastal grandmas. But in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. And we both have opinions. So let's get this party started. Cheers. 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 Wow, that took three attempts. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of attempts. Right. So we're going to start with a little section we're going to call Messy Bitches, where we do the housekeeping from last week. Right. So we're going to revisit our vodka tasting, essentially. Yes. So as you know, last week we created a vodka coffee pumpkin spice latte infusion it went down very well. Daniel did his hocus pocus magic and created a beautiful martini, but we thought we'd give it a try. So, cheers again. Cheers. It's more pumpkin y this time. Yeah, it's sippable. Yeah, yes, it's very much sippable. sippable. Yeah, it needed a little bit of breathing space. Yeah. It, it's it's amber. I would give it, a, I would be generous and say it's an amber looking colour now. Yes, I would say it's got the consistency of maybe a Moscato. Mm. Like the colour yeah. of a Moscato. I could drink the whole thing of this, so I'll do another sip. Well, fortunately, there's more left over, so we can make more cocktails with it. But we're not this week. Not this week. <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I'm quite impressed with how it's changed, changing it. Yeah. All you need is a little time. Last week's episode, we did some controversial topics. Not really controversial. I like no. to think they are. But we did mention, obviously, what happened with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher regarding mm-hmm. the letters for He Who Must Not Be Named. Yes, yes, And that actually got a response from Cousin Jenna, lovely Jenna, who is the hubs is his cousin. And she got in contact and just um, actually brought up something that got brought up after we had discussed why Ashton and Miller um, had decided they needed to write letters of support. And one of the things that had been brought up was that actually they have a non-profit to prevent sex trafficking, which actually started by Ashton when he was with the me. And both have resigned from the board from it because of what's happened now. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> the other thing that Jenna brought up was that also, because Wilma Valderrama mm. had said nothing, and Jenna kind of went, well, he did date like Lindsay Lohan as a baby. Sort of thing. Yeah. So he, you know, I, I actions speak louder than words. <laughs> I'm not gonna go say cast aspersions, but uh, he was 24 when he dated Lindsay Lohan, and he was 29 when he dated Demi Lovato, and both were 18 at the time of the relationship starting. Ooh. According to certain things, they met at a much younger age. Ooh. Well, not much younger, but under that. So, very interesting situation at the moment. Uh, Laura Pepperon and has not said anything interesting enough. And she was with the brother for a long time. Yes. And uh, obviously, Topher Grace has completely said, no, I'm not going to deal with this shit, which I think is possibly the most sensible thing one can do at this situation. Yeah. But no, all very interesting. And also should be noted that Dishu Phillips has filed for divorce. Yes, <laughs> I did see that. Which is very interesting in that... For me, mm-hmm. 
it happened very like usually there's like that bright wait period but that still says to me that she was ready she was she she was done a long time ago oh she had planned it planned it because usually there's that sort of we're deciding to separate working at how to navigate our lives now yeah no she the fact the verdict came through and, and they were so quickly to do it that it it was in process. It's, it was a process. It was, so. it was in process. All she had to do was press the button. Talking of cleaning, we need to do some laundry. So we mm-hmm. asked our followers on Spotify and Twitter X, where we are, Bearded Bitch Pod, whether used underwear could be up. <laughs> well, and our listeners responded, only 20% said yes, as a whopping 80% considered this a sign of the end of times. Sadly, no one thought that it made them a work of art, which actually makes me slightly sad. <laughs> but listeners, do keep listening to find out what we'll be discussing next week. And also, don't forget to rate, review, and share this episode on your socials to get more interest. We're trying to build a community. Yes, thank you. We officially reached the start of yeah. the start of this week's episode. Yes, yay. Welcome to DC mm. on what plans to be a very windy and rainy weekend yes we have a tropical storm that's heading for us i don't, don't remember the name of it but no well i got softball tomorrow has been cancelled mm. and then someone's messaged me about am i going to this other event a volunteer like event and i'm like well actually no i can go now sort of thing i'm like ah. mm. but i'm also like if it's raining i'm not gonna go out in that rain yeah we were supposed to have a volunteer event for work tomorrow and it's like Cancelled, and I'm like, no, duh. I'll be doing podcast stuff all tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. it does have me want to ask you the question. So, yes. listeners, Daniel and I live in very different situations. <laughs> I live on the third and fourth floor of a converted building, which does somewhat shaketh in the wind. <laughs> yes, it does. And Daniel lives in a very beautifully furbished and reasonably sturdy English basement. Yes, I do. So the question is, Daniel, uh-huh. during a tropical storm where there's high winds and high rain, where would we be safest? Um, <laughs> you know, that is a great question. Uh, as far as the wind goes, I've got, like, zero. Yeah. Like, I, it's soundproof in my apartment, so I hear nothing. But, you know, I, there there's a drainage system that has to be cleaned out around my apartment to uh, keep it from flooding. Yeah, you do have some issues, don't you, with a little bit of drainage? Uh, a little bit, like, at my front door. Yeah. Without one. But that that's sort of it. Um, I don't know where we'd be safest. Like... I don't think the winds will get high enough to actually blow this thing off. No, no, no. I think it's only supposed to be twenty five miles per hour. Yeah. So like that's that's like a that's like a Tuesday here in DC, like honestly. But no, we are sort of um six of one, half a dozen the other in yeah. terms of stormproofing. Yeah, I, I fortunately though, like my house is a little bit on a hill, so like yeah. flooding's not really an issue for Because the neighbours next door, they flood mm. every time and I'm not I can't imagine that. Mm-mm. But then also, it's all of the concrete and not brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so that's this weekend, which we'll be discussing next weekend. <laughs> but how was your week, including last weekend? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, last weekend was very good. You and I and your hubs and the priest all went to... And Matt. And Matt all And went, two dogs. And two dogs all went to a brewery, Lone Oak. Yes. Where they have cut down the Lone Oak, so... <laughs> it got, that got blown down, apparently. I... Have, can say that I've been there <laughs> and seen the oak. seen the oak that before it got cut down. No, I like own oak. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Great atmosphere. I great beer even, that we had. Even the kids' party wasn't that annoying. It was going on around us. I know. Like literally, we were surrounded by like 
kids parties like the it was daddy culture there though <gasps> green shorts and five was particularly catching everyone's attention i think all five of us just like turned and stared at him at one point and we were just all like mouth gaping like oh my god <laughs> there, there were thoughts that were thought <laughs> there were thoughts there, there was thoughts going there was thoughts being thought on thoughts <laughs> it was it was it was a lovely time had by all and then we came back here and it was very nice yeah thing. Nice, nice nice day I felt of it we yeah. all made it back we were saying oh yeah we did came back here didn't we I don't yeah. think we did anything yeah because we ended up leaving Priest and I left at like midnight because he had to be at the cathedral, and I was like, "We got to get you to bed." <laughs> oh, it did suddenly get late, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. How's rest of your week? Uh, rest of the week has been rather interesting. Um, here in DC, the biggest news is the potential government shutdown. Yes. So I spent most of the past two days talking to all my contractors, saying, "Please, you can do work. We've paid you. We just can't." process your bills in case we shut down so just keep track of your hours and now how long are they thinking at the moment for this uh no word at this point i i'm like maybe i'll be off for a day or two or three or what you say i'm not directly directly affected though it will affect projects later on but Mm. that's only if there's enough extended one like there was yeah when was that 2018 18 then that was 18 into, that was 18, 18 into, into 19, 19. Yeah. yeah because I was working at Shithole Bar on 8th Street at that mm. time <laughs> that, that was literally the name of it <laughs> well that guy was the one that wouldn't refuse to close his bar down oh I oh. was not working there when it happened I was already yeah. working in my, my big boy job but no I say, you know, I'm not saying that it sounds horrible I wouldn't say big boy job but I, I my, my, my dream job that I'm in when I was there the guy was a complete knob and um yeah, and then, then he later on decided he was not going to shut the bar down during COVID, and he was on the news, and then he got shut down. Yeah. And he fucked off back to Florida. Well. Yeah. Good for him. Anything else happened this week? Was it quiet? No, I mean, it's been sort of a quiet week, just, you know, dealing with work traumas and preparing for it. Like, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so other than that, it's been fine. Yeah, we had a quiet weekend. We went out Sunday. Obviously, that come up a bit later, but we had a nice day and just me and the hubs. Work's been actually oddly creative this week. I had a bit of a moment of a video I'm working on, and the mm. hubs was drawn into that process. He did some voiceover work for me. Mm, very nice. Um, using your snowball. Because <laughs> my one's at work, so I did another bit of recording this week. Mm. But then I took a huge risk on Thursday. Huge risk. How, how huge of a risk? There was an event and this is not the huge risk really but on Wednesday I'd be promised food from the event and I cooked my lunch because I couldn't wait any longer I was uh-huh. starving and it, food arrived and then that came out again as snacks on Thursday there was so much of this lasagna mm-hmm. and then Thursday I did my, my lovely friend came up to me and said look Max there's going to definitely be food tomorrow as well and I went okay did not take any lunch in and it paid off I never want to see another vegetarian lasagna for like the next couple of weeks at least. Oh, really? It was just good, but there was so much of it, you know, and mm. everyone's, I'm like, I'm there like trying my best to eat. I'm like, I'm done with a vegetarian lasagna. <laughs> I can't have another slice. I've already had no. four. Oh, God, yeah, no. And it was good, but it was all delicious. But also then we had, a, I had a weird one uh, Wednesday, so I went out. We had a lovely one with a uh, lovely Christian, who we've mentioned before, and lovely mm-hmm. Brendan, and went to get some drinks and had them joined us later. And um, it was nice. And then we had a, an evening out at American Ice Company because uh, they do really good nachos in there. Mm-hmm. And that was basically been the week. But yeah, no, uh, next week there should be more exciting news. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for it. Very hopeful. I'm hopeful. Well, uh, it's like on a brew in this household. <laughs> I was about to say yes, yes, yes. yes.
Well, it doesn't sound like we need a drink right now. It no. sounds like soon we will need a drink. Yes, we will very soon need a drink. But we do have a lovely Trader Joe's, not Trader Joe's, a lovely Whole Foods uh, scented candle bonfire nights going. Uh, the night is definitely starting to draw in. Yeah, it's a. It was like cloudy earlier, but it's like sun going down. It, it's very weird. So you've made me something. Yes. Yeah, so we're you know. Journeys in vodka still right now, fall season. We're having a wonderful apple cider Moscow mule. Delicious. I'm gonna try some. So the recipe for this, listeners, if you're following along, is one shot of vodka, to four shots of ginger beer and four shots of apple cider. Mix. Clearly, you don't mix the ginger beer in there because it's carbonated. But yeah, just dangerous. It's very smooth. <laughs> very it is, smooth. It is. A very smooth cocktail. I cough because the ginger caught me a little bit, but yeah, and served in a Grogu mug. But no, very smooth, Daniel. It will go down easily. Yes, very good for four. I don't have anything from Ina this week, though. On a note of working with famous domestic goddesses, uh-huh. the hubs this week heard a video for the first time, uh-huh. and didn't and had heard the joke but didn't know the uh, hadn't seen a video. Do you want to guess what video he watched? Was it Nigel Lawson? It was Nigel Mikuave, and he listened to it because it came up, and I'd sent it to him, and he went, he just laughed, and I said, "It is the most hilarious thing I've ever like listened to in my life." So this might be a poll this week, probably oh. not the the poll, but do you think that was intentional? Here's the thing: the way that she pronounces stuff, I think it was intentional. Yeah, like. Let's be honest. She knows what a microwave is. She and she knows how to pronounce microwave. But, <laughs> microwave. But we will be getting some baking soon because obviously Bake Off is starting, oh, yes. and I call Matty the PE teacher as the trade of the season because even though he has a bit of a weird haircut, he's got arms and tattoos. Ooh. Anyway. Yes, please. That's enough talking about ourselves just for a moment. But what's going on in the neighborhood? We discuss the stories that are gay, gay adjacent, or just a little bit camp. Well, I'm glad we waited for the alcohol. I love to say we waited for the alcohol, but we, we didn't, didn't wait for the, the alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> we really need to change that line in the script. <laughs> I would, but we say that, then I get drunk and forget. Mm, fine. Goldfish memory. Goldfish memory. <laughs> goldfish bowl memory. <laughs> I'll go first, because I'm the prettiest. Okay. Um, Glad we think that. that one. <laughs> On news that is not news, the Washington no. Blade, our premier gay newspaper, uh, releases nominations for the Best of Gay DC Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get, I, I, I loved Washington Blade, I've written for Washington Blade, but... The ca- and I, I know the categories are influenced by potential funding for a freebie print newspaper that reports at the level of journalism it does. Mm. If this pays their bills, so be it. But my God, there are some arseholes in DC that do not need themselves inflated anymore. Well, and the irony is also, like, how many, like, locations in Rehoboth got nominated as well? And I'm like... Who are we covering? <laughs> Which I get. Yeah, get. I, I, I understand. I, I, actually, why. I do get. I do get the Rehoboth one purely because it is such. It's so relied on DC culture, but but so, it was almost equal to like the number of like DC bars. But it's sort of like you know DC outdoors experience eating, and you're like. It's like Shaw's Tavern. Yeah, it has a nice patio, but it's not as if someone comes out and slaps a dick in your face. Right. You know? It's not like I say, I want to go eat at the Shaw's, you know, patio. It's a fucking patio <laughs> yeah. on Florida Avenue, which is mm, loud. Loud. And who likes carbon monoxide poisoning? 
I do. <laughs> I always love when the voices start talking to me at night. <laughs> so we do also get categories like uh, best drag queens and best queer spaces, and then it also this coast then transitions or degradates, slides down into realtors and the best gay car dealership. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, really, car dealership? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and certain uh, categories that allow online trolls to be nominated, but I'm mm. not saying naming names, because that would make me a troll, but I'm just saying is Or one naming categories. Going, yeah, it's just interesting, and it's so, like, best bartender, and they have, like, out of, we have thousands of gay bars, and there's four of them, and it's like... Yeah. And... <laughs> You know they've been picked because they're pretty, which you know means they're fucking useless. Right. Because there's that one that gives you so much attitude. The one that rolls his eyes when you order a drink. Oh, every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Everyone complains about him. I'm like, honey, I have just paid you, and I have tipped you, like, and I've asked for a simple drink at that. I'm like, vodka soda, like, please, for heaven's sake. One time I went up to him and went, can I get a whiskey ginger for the hubs? He, w- he just went quickly. JD went, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, no, well. And he'd already started pouring JD. goes, that's not well. And I'm like, you fucking tried to um, upcharge me JD. No one ever fucking gives Jack as a SCO to. No. You're trying to upcharge me. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Or, oh. or... He's like, oh, what gin would you like in your gin and tonic? And I'm like, Hendrix. And he's like, oh, we don't have that. And I'm like, the bottle of Hendrix is right there. I can see it. There are multiple bottles of Hendrix. Please, I'll pour it if I have to. If you need to help turning around, here's my finger. Go swivel. Right. Anyway, on to better things. <laughs> on to people with actual talent. Um, John Waters, the Pope of Trash, the mm-hmm. one, an amazing filmmaker yes. who I have personally loved since Hairspray actually I loved him since he was on the Graham Norton show years back I'd never heard of him he wasn't really big big in England yeah uh, he was on Graham Norton and he I was just like who is this person and all I could get was Hairspray his first four films were definitely not available in England right um, but now he's got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame congratulations to the he, native of Baltimore but yes Baltimore actually I, there's a little you can follow like a little trail you can follow mm-hmm. his quote was that now he's even more closer to the gutter than he ever was before <laughs> fair which I was like bravo to that and he was there with his two leading ladies a one Miss Ricky Lake and a one Miss Mink Stoll oh and they both looked like they were having a lovely time I'm glad they were there to support him Finally, also the second to last, really, but mm. Smash the Musical is moving ahead with its original sing-throughs. Uh, oh. Were you a Smash fan? Yes, yes I was a yeah. Smash fan, yes. So Kerry Butler is one of them. She was the original Penny Pingleton in mm-hmm. Hairspray. So yeah. she is playing the ingenue, mm, okay. old Catherine McPhee. Mm-hmm. Krista Rodriguez, who was in the show, right. is playing the Deborah Messing role. Interesting. Yeah, they're going to have a husband-wife write it. They've changed a lot of the elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... The Angelica Houston role, uh-huh. holding Play, my hand, played by Angelica Houston, Vanessa Williams. Oh, yes, Ooh. this is only Ooh, for the read through, but she oh, was also kissed a Spider Woman. Yeah, I think this could be a real good Broadway role for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so It'd be nice and juicy for her. Yeah, not if you if you'd asked me to pick someone to play that role, never would have her name would never have come to mind. Yeah, but it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And finally, just to finish off news in a section I like to call vapid fluff. <laughs> <laughs> As you remember, last week we mentioned that while they were discussing uh, 
Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's divorce and Taylor Swift lyrics were pulled into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophie Turner went to get dinner with Taylor Swift last <laughs> week. There's no details over what they were wearing. I won't go into that. But my God, that is a flex. That is serving full on cunt. I mean, Carmen's a bitch. I just, <laughs> you know, you know that she saw that story and went, we should get dinner. And you know, yeah. and there's nothing's been said. There's been no quotes. But mm-hmm. Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift were seen together. Warning shots fired. Well, I mean, Taylor does mention in one of her songs that she buys baby gifts for um, her ex-boyfriends. You know, at this point, Sophie Turner was the one that they were assuming that that was what she was referencing to. So, it makes sense. But this is like the Bad Blood video. When oh, absolutely. Essentially, she didn't say, I can destroy you. But she did a video where she kind of destroyed someone with her squad. So, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that is all my news for the week. Well, on to me in news this week. We say congratulations to Olivia Hill, who is the first uh, trans individual elected in Tennessee. She is joining the Nashville Davidson Metro Council, one of 40 members. So Cheers to her. Cheers to that, because I don't think anyone thought that was possible in Tennessee during this time. So congratulations to Olivia Hill. Well, especially if Tennessee is, you've got... It's so confusing because you've got the queen of acceptance, Dolly. Dolly, and yeah, so no good for her. Hoping that is that, and hopefully Dolly sent her a nice. I'm hopeful of that. I always imagine her sitting there pinning something with her nails. Yes, um, you know, tap tap tapping. Mm -hmm. So my next little bit of news is we're going back to Taylor Swift, and listeners, I do have a point to make after this. So on September nineteenth, it was National Voter Registration Day. Because voting is essential in this country if you want to make change. Taylor goes on to her socials and she tells her Swifties, Are you registered to vote? At which point, the Swifties go out in vengeance, where 13,000 people were registering to vote on the national registration site every 30 minutes. Now, I love this because this happened before. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, she's she about politics. I'm like, she is not giving her opinion. No. She has simply told people to register to, to vote. vote. That is how we get around it. Mm-hmm. And she made a comment stating in her socials that we are powerful voices. Make sure that they hear you. Didn't say vote a certain way. Just make sure that they hear you. So anyways, she did a major flex with that. Also on September 19th, she powered with Google to where Swifties could, you know, type in Taylor Swift into Google uh, for the From the Vault, which is listing the uh, title of five of her songs that are going to appear on 1989. You would type in Taylor Swift. It would pop up with a word puzzle. You had to solve the word puzzle. However, it was once all the word puzzles were solved that the titles were revealed. You had to do 33 million puzzles in order to reveal all the song titles. Within four hours, Swifties had solved all 33 million puzzles. As a mutual thing, I'm guessing, not one of them. Yes, yes, as a mutual thing. I do have a vision of one of them, uncontrollable hair, big glasses and a cat t-shirt. Just going, I can do all that! I can do it all! So we know that the titles are It's Over Now, Now That We Don't Talk, 
Say Don't Go and Suburban Legends will be four of the titles. The fifth one is yet to be revealed. I'm eager for Suburban Legends. The others do sound very much like Taylor Swift's songs. Very much sound like Taylor Swift's songs. And listeners, the reason why we keep referring to Taylor Swift on this podcast is because what other singer, performer, entertainer is flexing this much? There's a reason why she's culture. Like, no one else is doing this. Beyonce hasn't done this. Adele hasn't done this. Yeah, I think you know. well, Adele plays the elusive one, doesn't she? She right. goes, I'm going to go off, have my personal life, and then you'll know about it when I'm ready for the album. Right. Beyonce's very much performance-based a lot in her stuff. So that, But Taylor, like Beyonce is very much like um, Kiss the Ring, sort mm. of like, you're, you know, you eat up what I'm giving you. Right. Whereas Taylor's very much the, you're going to... I'm going to give you everything. Thing, but you're going to come in and engage. Yes. And I think that's, and that's actually something that, I'm not saying obviously anywhere near Taylor Swift <laughs> that I've learned, you know, and if the podcast and, you know, when I've done my research and, mm-hmm. and stuff into engagement and come back to you and said, we, we, you know, how do we engage people? And I feel that actually our podcast promotion and growth is very much a Taylor Swift framework. Yeah. She's ingrained in the DNA of this podcast and its growth to listeners. Yeah. So anyways, that's been news. Has been news. Daniel, what's been gay culture for you this week? So gay culture for me this week, my food was a vegan curry that I made at the beginning of the week. Delicious. Mm-hmm. So I was trying a brand new product called Beyond Steak. So you know how you can get Beyond Beef? Yes, I'm very curious now. So Beyond Steak actually tastes like steak. Can I ask how it comes? So it comes in what's called steak, uh, I think it's... Not niblets, uh, steak tips. So it's, oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So steak tips, you know, they're a little bit like steak tips. Uh, You know, tastes like steak, sort of has a consistency, but not quite. It's not going to be medium rare or anything like that. I think they used a mushroom for it. Yeah. Like, I think it's a wooder mushroom, I, I believe. Very good. Made a wonderful, wonderful curry, though. It was spot on. My drink of the week lapsing tea because it's that time of year it's that time of year for Daniel's tea collection it really is that time of year Uh, my songs of the week I was all old school this week so Only Yesterday by the Carpenters California Dreaming by the Mamas and the Papas because it felt appropriate which led us to Hotel California by the Eagles. So there was a bit of a theme going on there. I always think of Don Henley a lot this time of year because of Boys of Summer yeah it was it felt it felt (sighs) right it felt right my musical of the week Heather's the musical. It was Still a, not heard it. It was a re-listen for me. Um, it was it was okay. Some of the songs were a little bit flat. Like you know, the concept just didn't land. Um, I'd give it three out of five. Nice. Candy yeah. Shop looks like that from the poster. Yeah, Candy Shop was good. Uh, my book of the week, Secret City, still reading it. Uh, well, just read the LBJ section, so that was like yeah. almost hundred pages. Was rather interesting in that I would say the author is spot on and that he captured the humanity of Lady Bird. Yeah, I would now. say she comes off the. Um, I would say that Lady Bird's the focus of that chapter, and LBJ yeah. is the scene setting. Yes, it's the scenery. The only thing, my only critique is, I would say, had he actually pulled the audio files of that in exchange and placed that in there, she would have come off even better. Yeah. Like perfect, no, I feel like perfect that. human. 
Anyways, so that's been my culture for the week. How about you, dear? So my culture, food. I've been pumpkin spicing anything I can fucking touch. Um, <laughs> so I did. So I knew I do the my little Korean rice bowls. Yes. So I did it this week. We did a tofu one. I grated a tofu with into it. With pumpkin spice instead of, instead of ginger. So mm. I took it out, mm. and um, actually the hubs found it. It worked quite nicely. He said it was good flavour. Very good. Very good. Um, also, I decided to try pumpkin spice in my oatmeal because I soak it overnight. Yeah. And I did. Didn't, didn't work. It didn't work, but it didn't really work. Work. It didn't overwhelm. It whelms, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I get that. So, for music this week, uh, I've been enjoying a little bit of Fine Young Cannibals. I don't mm. know if you know them, but I do yeah. love his voice. My original music was going to say the Kylie song Step Back in Time, which is one of her earlier ones, which has got a real good boppy stuff to it. Mm-hmm. But as we know today, today being Friday, Tension was released. Yes. Oh my god. So uh it's just a good album. Actually yeah. it's probably one of the most consistent albums yeah. from that. Uh, Madonna can learn a lot from this. It's a bop of an album, banger after banger. Mm-hmm. Essentially we made a song of the summer with Padam Padam. Our reward is our mood for fall. Yes. I don't make the rules, I just have to follow what the Rainbow Mafia are saying. Kylie makes the rules, dear. But no, it's an excellent, excellent album. Sports this week, we went out on Sunday, the hubs decided he wanted to watch the Bills game. We could not find the Buffalo Bills game on anywhere. Even our friends were out somewhere and they were like, we cannot find it on oh, any TV. Mm-hmm. So we went to a Bills bar down at the bottom of Van Morgan. I can't remember the name of the bar. I'm sorry. I'll try and tag you in this little bit of it. It's Adams Morgan. They're all sort of the same. It's the one, uh, it's next to the Vida near Adams Morgan opposite the oh. fire station. But we went there. It was just a sea of blue and red. Uh, had a really good time actually the hubs actually ended up bumping into someone he went to college with in, naturally 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 and we just had a, a, a lot of fun I'm getting the I'm getting the the sport just about but if you told this gay Englishman that he'd be sitting sporting the bills and being essentially now a bills mafia wife mm-hmm. would said no I, I love this for you I, lo- I love this journey for you and on a side note I've never seen so many adverts for Yellowstone in my life Oh, the television show. Every other fucking advert was oh. for Yellowstone because apparently that is their target audience. Mm, fair. And finally, movies. We saw Fiesta Camp. It was on Hulu. It's really cute. Oh, yeah, okay. it's good. Uh, the Hubs went to a Fiesta Camp. He went mm. to the one that the film Camp is based on. I can't remember what the okay. name of it is, but he said a lot. Of, he said someone had written this had clearly been to Fiesta Camp. Oh, okay. So very well. Done. Didn't Ben Platt have something to do with writing it? Yeah, and he's in it as well. But it's a lot of improv sort of of things. So, yeah, that actually makes sense. So, that being said, now seems like a jolly good time for us to take a break. And we, I think, are going to pour some more alcohol. Yes. Boom. And we're back. That may have been a culture for us this week, but what's been making an impact for everyone else? <laughs> we check the feeds, test the mood, and answer the question, what is gay culture? We debated heavily about this next story, about whether we're going to deal with it, and we're going to deal with it as quickly and as precisely as possible, mm-hmm. but it ju- I originally put it down as news, and actually one of the f- things I love about this podcast is that, again, pulling back the, pulling, pulling back the curtain, is that occasionally we send each other a story and go what do you think of news and actually the other one comes back with actually i've had some ideas this is actually culture, culture to me yeah and so and this is one of those no so, so <laughs> i said originally we should use this news as an angle to this story and then you came back and said well actually well daniel came back and said no actually i think we could talk about this a bit more mm-hmm. we are going to limit because for obvious reasons so yeah. we're going to say it now get out of the way 
There's a trigger warning. Trigger yeah. warning. Yes, we're going to discuss what's the brand. So we are going to begin, begin with the trigger warning mm-hmm. that you may want to skip ahead ten minutes. Yeah, and we will keep it at ten. We're looking at ten now, so definitely like pinky promise, ten yep. minutes. And I know I can easily uh, speak for my lovely co-host, best friend Daniel here, that we have full faith in journalism and we believe the survivors. Yes. yes so. We do. <laughs> If nothing else, nothing else. <laughs> that, that's the line that I always take <laughs> but we didn't really we don't usually want to speak about stuff before it happens but when it actually comes at us in an angle that we feel is unique and actually reflects what the present zeitgeist is we feel we need to yeah so we'll begin by saying as this will now be a couple of weeks ahead yeah uh, there was a joint investigation by the Times of London, the Sunday Times and Channel 4 which is a British terrestrial uh, TV channel BBC for its dispatches program and they revealed multiple allegations of sexual assault committed by, by Russell, Russell Brand. Brand. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking for the word there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and actually since since then others have come forward. Yeah. There was obviously immediate action from him. Uh, a lot of places decided to remove him from their platforms mm-hmm. uh, and any of his content. YouTube simply decided to stop monetization. That has been incredibly controversial because that's obviously they're saying it's a money issue and it's not yeah. but they have stopped him making money off his very political videos mm. <laughs> yes <laughs> Russell Brands we're going to repeat we believe the survivors we listen yes. to the survivors it is still obviously these are accusations right uh, so and that is a legal te- definition of yeah. this yeah. again we have to be very careful because we are ourselves I consider ourselves media yeah we are <laughs> But he has been for years the cheeky chappy of British comedy. Yes. The my nan loved him. My nan thought he just needed a good hope. You know, <laughs> he arrived. He so he used to do the support show for Big Brother. It was mm-hmm. called Big Brother's Big Mouth, mm-hmm. and and it used to be Big Brother's Big Mouth and it was Big Brother's Little Brother. He did it. Mm-hmm. Came on. So he had been known. He'd been a child actor. Mm. And he'd done a bit of comedy, then he got heavily into drugs, went completely off the rails, yeah. came back from that, ended up doing this sort of late night Big Brother recap program, yeah. became very famous because he was just so unique in his delivery, career blew up, got to America, career blew up again, 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 again. again. Yeah, yeah. Very unique perspective and delivery of things. Yes, and he was he was uh, this huge hair, dapper dandy, but he spoke like a charming British schoolboy. Mm-hmm. You knew he essentially had a lot of sex and basically, but because he was that little boy that stole too many sweeties from his grandma's house, but oh, how can you be punishing? Right. Also, and it was brought up on the news agents, huge lexicon, like very well read, well spoken. Yes. At the same time too. But over the years, then a couple, few years back, sort of seemed to disappear mm-hmm. and then turned up and got very political. Mm-hmm. very we're going to fight the state we're going to fight the system mm-hmm. I'm going to be a truth teller but not in a way that was aggressive per se mm-hmm. but because he had this persona already it, it fitted just, it it just worked it just naturally let's add it to the you know you know and I, I think at the choice. time you know he was there's, there's a cycle for comedians I think he was at the end of his cycle a little bit mm-hmm. he was sort of saying well to be honest uh, I'm kind of not going to be chased. I know that you know I'm not the most popular one at the moment, so I'm going to go off and do my own thing. I've made my millions. As sadly, I don't want to bring Miley into this, but Miley would say I've made my millions. I can go and say what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Right. 
So, actually, this week on uh, Podsafe UK, if you've heard of Podsafe the America, this is the official English spin off. I highly recommend it. The uh, lovely Nish Kumar, who is a comedian in England, mm-hmm. did actually you know, point out that his behavior was known. Yes. He had said, and he said he, he personally feels embarrassed by knowing it, but there was a lot of lawsuit, there was a lot of legal action threatened, there was no real evidence, no one came forward. I should also point out that the, the the joint investigation took about four years. Yes. It, it took a hell of a long time to convince people who are still anonymous, but still equally as brave for coming forwards, to do it. He got and, in there. And with the four-year investigation, only four allegations. Only four. Apparently horrendous what he was doing. Yes. But because he... And he was bragging about a lot of his behavior. Absolutely. Like, it was in the stand-up routines. It was in several of the books that he's written, like... Alluding to, to. Yeah, yeah, and he said a lot of his stuff now is being reevaluated. But Nish actually pointed out and said that even though you know people weren't coming forward for legal action, and even though he couldn't actually be cancelled, people were just refusing to work with him. He be, yeah. His behaviour became so terrible that they were like, "We just don't want to hire you." That's yeah. why when you notice at a certain date, disappears from British TV, mm-hmm. starts appearing on YouTube, and actually the Americans, not 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 judging, but the Americans came forward and were a bit like, "Okay." <laughs> they didn't know what was going on because they weren't in that stand-up circuit. Right. So, we also, I want to say, is we know there's an extensive amount of institutional problems. Extensive, extensive, extensive within the BBC, right. within Channel 4, within ITV, with all the British institutions. That has allowed the behaviour to occur. Um, he was a male protected by the system and essentially they allowed him to grow famous. And that's the problem. It's that they let him yeah. get famous so he could be indestructible. And that was after the behaviour was known. Yeah, that that's the problem. Yeah, so they knew that they let him continue to get famous, they let him grow, and now he has a passionate fan base. Um, but he's also, you know, what people don't realise in England, especially, is that the people he interviews are the likes of, to name two, Ron DeSantis and Tucker Carlson. He interviewed yeah. Carlson after he got fired. Yeah, <laughs> and I did not, I wasn't paying attention to that. Hands up, I was not paying attention. And Shame on you, Max, for not paying attention. You could have made the difference right there. But it is so scary because you've got someone now that has actually, you know, they've weaponized their, their, their fan base, which someone else did recently, a bit higher up in the political system. He yeah. did. You know, he, he allowed, he, he basically branded himself, no pun intended, as a certain way. So people blatantly ignore what was going on because that was part of why we loved him, essentially, but we didn't realize the consequences oh, of it. Oh, he actually meant that. <laughs> But he grooms his audience. Yes. And then what he does is he finds out they're coming for him and just before the announcement's made, he gets on his own Twitter and tells everybody this is coming. Right. So it's like, I'm the victim. Don't believe them. Which is part of what was brought up in News Agents. Like, News Agents is an excellent podcast. Yeah. It's Emily Maitlis, John Sopel, and Lewis Goodwin. Goodwin. Anyway, he's cute. I just like him. He's a little comedian. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But no, he just got around it and he groomed his audience and he created a human shield around him. Right. What's going to happen next, I don't know. But, you know, I just feel... Well, it's going to play out in the court of public opinion. Yeah. Like, that's where we're at. I don't think he'll be fully cancelled. I don't think he'll be fully cancelled. And the thing is, whether or not they go forward and try to prosecute him for... No, one of them did go forward to... One of his uh, survivors did go forward to a rape crisis centre, I do believe. I believe there's stuff involved in that. We have a, a very you know loyal group of fans, um, mm. and we are and we are very appreciative of everyone. But you know when you see how people build people up and twist them and manipulate them, you know mm. we know we talk bullshit half the time, right? 
but this was such a curious look at the culture how someone could literally protect themselves with culture like stating the obvious and then just people ignoring it and then he got and hopefully he won't get away with it but I think I think that unless someone comes out with him with actual legal action and there are investigations into it right that he will he'll get just get away it. with it his money's going to be vastly reduced and of course right. like YouTuber out there but he's also on like other right wing sites people will find him oh yeah but he's got his, he's got his following that's the thing he's going after the people that he's going to go after it's scary yeah and we have to leave this culture blind following we have to leave this culture always question question and like the bigger corporations need to stop make like 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 protecting their cash cows yeah right but I mean that's the entire reason why they allowed it to happen yeah the cash cow and that's it they need to, this yeah. is it they need to they need to be they need to be called up mm-hmm. if there is knowledge of them putting out someone who is performing dangerous behaviour there should be repercussions legal behaviour yeah. they need to be immediately review, uh, removed, yeah removed yeah Anyway, heavy sigh, heavy sigh, heavy sigh. You know, let's move on. Let's cleansing breath, cleansing breath, cleansing breath. We will also keep uh, people. Ooh. We'll follow it, see what happens next. I, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment, so mm-hmm. who knows? But anyway, this week, as you know, I usually on a Tuesday like to go to the cinema, yes. and I messaged Daniel and said, "Usually I go on my own." And I said, "Daniel, would you like to join me?" So for once, my best friend let me actually tag along. <laughs> <laughs> for not, one time not really enough what you could actually consider slightly a horror <laughs> yeah it was marginally a horror a film. gothic horror I think is the sense yes it was very much a gothic so horror so what did we see Daniel so we saw A Haunting in Venice which is an adaptation of an Agatha Christie novel called, called Push by Sapphire no <laughs> no called Halloween Party <laughs> by Sapphire oh my god that is a reference we're going to hell for that one (laughs) because we're still laughing about it so this is the third in I was going to say trilogy but I think probably ongoing series actually the reviews have been really good for it and they're liking it well the thing is I don't think it's going to be just a trilogy the thing with Poirot and Kenneth Branagh is that you can keep doing these in whatever order you want to do these like you can go forward and backwards in time. There's nothing. So they are. They're all sequels. So it was uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which mm-hmm. is by far the most famous Poirot novel. Well, yes, I would say it's probably the most famous. Why is her most famous? Everyone yes. knows that name, right? But it's also one of her best mysteries, like spot on. Yeah, I remember being. I, so I've not. So Daniel has actually supplied me with a list of Agatha Christie's to read, which I still have not got round to. Mm-hmm. But just blame Secret Cities. Uh, but yeah, no. I I knew of a lot of them. ITV tended to show them in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was Poirot? David Suchet. David Suchet. And my friend uh, John, uh, shout out if you listen to this, he was always trying to get me to, to watch them. Mm-hmm. But they did the ongoing effort. Because they were TV movies, weren't they? Yeah. Or like they were, feature length episodes. Yeah, so they were typically like 45 minutes for the first like four series. And then after that, they became like 90 minutes to... You know, yeah, I think they noticed there yeah. was a good window for them. Yeah. Did he ever double up on them, David Suchet? Did they ever go back and redo any of the older ones? Because he did it for quite a long time, didn't no, they? No, they never redid any of the older ones. But It yeah. was one of these, once they were done, they were done. But so, yeah, Kenneth Branagh started to decide, obviously British director decided mm-hmm. he was going to both direct, and he's a very he's an amazing director, and an amazing actor. He's a very talented individual. Yeah. So he did 
Murder on the Iron Express, then you came back, did Death on the Nile, mm-hmm. which had a... I mean, both of those had quite star-studded casts. Yes. I would say this was the least studded of stars. Yes, it was um, very... I don't know how to put it... Uh, uh, the cast is a little bit unassuming. We'll put it that, that way. Yeah, we had the main... I'll see the biggest, I would say, name was Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Jamie Dorian was also in it, so like, yeah, he's such an interesting character because I, I think he's one of the most gorgeous. Him and Kemi Cavell, I would watch oh. that porn. You know, if they ever got, if they ever went broke, that OnlyFans would get him back in the money. I'd be in that porn. But he's, he's, <laughs> you know what? He's, he's actually a leading man, but he's never really kind of starred up. I think since Fifty Shades a bit, so he was yeah, yeah in there. But the first two were quite, especially. Like Murder on the Iron Express was a really good one because you had the icy coldness of it. I felt Death on a Nile was a little bit more candy-coloured. Yes, and like I had some issues with like the remake of Death on the Nile because there were backstories. Yeah, it's like there it's not supposed to be a backstory to any of this. Yeah, um, and he brought one character didn't he, over from Orient to Death on a Nile, which wasn't yes. Death on a Nile, right? And I know that I've looked into it, and he's changed. I think I know like the twist in both but the actual details I can't remember so I probably would like to read the books because it's the details about but there's always reason behind reason behind reason the twist in Murder on the Orient Express is wonderful very clever one of the best yeah and definitely Nile was good I actually I I think I give that an extra like half point Uh mainly because of French and Saunders yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. but, but not being French like actually no, no, they showing the world that they are really amazing actors uh, yeah, but yeah. no they were having he knew what he was doing them now didn't Death on a Nile end with a reference to Venice because I know Orient Express ended with a reference to Egypt so I think it did the thing is the end scene of uh, Haunting in Venice isn't really a reference to any of the other novels that Christie wrote. Yeah, I, I yeah. kind of, I, I, I mean, I'm someone that believes in works of free. So I believe that there was a kind of a finale ish to that, like it finished, I think, a journey for him. Well, but the funny thing is, it actually started with a reference to a different novel. Which was. So. And just, just going to stop you quickly. Yeah. This goes without saying that for the next five minutes, mm-hmm. we're going to have some spoilers. Yes. Not great ones, but... No, not great but spoilers. Just pepper details. A few pepper details. So, it starts off with Poirot in his garden with his morrows or his squash. Yeah. So, that is actually a reference to the time that he retired and probably did one of the better twisty murder mysteries, which is the murder of Roger Ackroyd, which is wonderful. I've heard of that one. I think that, that that's on the list. Yeah. That's on the list. That is a reference to that actual book. So I would be curious if that is going to be the next one that Brana actually looks at, which would be good because the twist in that one you don't see coming. Literally, you don't. But the end scene was not a reference to any of the no, other it was, he, Yeah, he was just discussing with someone, wasn't yeah. he? he was... In fact, what he was discussing was actually part of the plot of the original story of Halloween Party. Oh, what the doctor stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Agatha Christie is legendary. Her Mm -hmm. name is actually legendary with mystery. Mm -hmm. 
when you go in and make the drastic changes that he made for this, because he did, he changed the setting to Venice. Venice was not in the original. No, because originally it was set like on her estate in Cornwall. Yeah. Like. And can I ask, was the author American in the book, or was it English? Or just not referenced. Uh, Ariadne was British in the book. Was she in multiple books? Or yes. Yeah. Ariadne Oliver was a repeat. Was uh, this character. the last one she was in, or no? I think Pell Horse was the last one that she was in. Yeah, because this kind of finishes their their, their story off a little bit. Uh, uh, but yeah. when you have this drastic change that he went to this, and from what I've read online, mm-hmm. I did quickly look at like the Wikipedia doesn't have. Sometimes I like Wikipedia when it has the list of changes they've made, but this yeah. didn't. I went back and read yeah, the synopsis yeah, yeah, of the yeah, book. Yeah. At what point? How far can you you drift in terms, especially when you have someone as beloved as Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. when the changes go from artistic and necessary to actually kind of disrespectful? Um. So I think this one drifted into disrespectful. Like, so the thing is, listeners, Halloween Party is not my favorite Agatha Christie novel. It was probably one of her. Not the weakest novels, but it was like it was okay, but it was a little bit derided, like at the time that it was written, for being a bevy of bodies because there were six murders in that novel. Is that what Ariadne? Mm-hmm. Is that what she? Re- is that is was that like an in joke? Her comment about her books failing, yes. and then this is so. This is based on a book that yes, uh, not being as right. But it was one of these that there was six murders in the original source material. It was derided as having a bevy of bodies. There were only three murders that happened yeah. in the movie. The names were similar, but the fates were different. Yeah. The murderer, however, was the same. Yes. That that was, that was like, if we're really looking at it, the murderer was the same, but the methods, who died, how they died, all different. Yeah. All different. Because Michelle Yao's character yeah. was supposed to be a 13-year-old girl who died dunking for apples. Yeah, I read that bit, and I was like, that's a drastic thing. Whereas, you know, in the movie, spoiler listeners, she died by being pushed over a balcony and falling and being impaled on a piece of statuary. Like, different ending completely. Yeah. <laughs> like, did not match the source material at all. I mean, as someone coming in fresh, I really... I really liked it as a film. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I think Venice is such an atmospheric location. It's, it's right. very hard not to see... There's certain places you go, why would you set that there? I can imagine Venice literally just, I think that... The, the, there are ghosts in Venice. Especially the fact that Venice is one giant creaking haunted house. You know, yeah, that's yeah. it. So for me going in, I think the twist was very well done. I did not mm-hmm. really see it coming. I would say, to be honest, there wasn't really a red herring in it in the film for me. And not no. one point did I go, oh, I know who that is. You know, yeah, and that's something that only murders in the building this season. There is a red herring every episode mm-hmm. to the point where you know they're going to come back to the red herring. There's going to be a red herring like that, right? Right. Um, so that was the only thing for me was there wasn't at one point that because the red herring also creates a sense of danger when that person is then in the room on their own with someone. Mm-hmm. So I think that moment, yeah, that moment that never came. Around. So, but I did think there was some, there was some genuine jump scares. It was generally quite creepy mm-hmm. very sad very sad I think Tina Fey did an amazing job I liked seeing Tina Fey not play Tina Fey yes and was clearly having a whale of a time doing that job yeah I I loved I really enjoyed seeing it with you I, I didn't feel you didn't enjoy it because I can usually <laughs> sense when someone's not enjoying something right but I, afterwards you kind of had a look of like this was weird 
Yeah. Yeah. But do you think that maybe that was a choice by Branner to say, I'm going to pick a book that no one cares about, actually wants change, because I want to play this playground, but I want to go outside the lines a little bit more? Uh, I think maybe. And I think, you know, this would be the novel that I would do if you do have some license. I think for me, I never like an explanation to be supernatural. Yeah. And, and so that sort of annoyed me just a little bit. I'm like... Because Paro was very much grounded in reality. Yeah. Like, for once, it was just like, oh, this is a little bit unbelievable. So, that 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 was probably why I was just like. Mm. But are you excited for next one? Depending on which one it is, that's the thing. Like, if it's a novel I actually like, sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll take it to you anyway. <laughs> I know you will. Might have to buy you some popcorn next time. Oh yay. After all those ghostly drafts, I think it's time to shut the front door. Yes. Where we discuss stories that have left us gagged and gooped and go take it away, Max. Yes. So I saw a story and I thought, well, this may not be a gagged and goop. It's a little good little cheeky one to add at the end of it. Uh-huh. So, Daniel, this week, uh, actually, a, a story didn't leave me so much gagged and goop, but the concept of the story did. Okay. And that is basically, do you think narcissists feel anything? During a breakup, do narcissists suffer from a broken heart? Do narcissists actually feel? They do feel. So this is the big thing. They uh, obviously feel for themselves. They love yeah. themselves the most. So, article came up. Just go and Google. Anyone who wants to Google, go and just type in, do narcissists get, have heartbreak? It'll be the first thing that comes up. Mm, okay. But a few, they spoke to a few psychologists and people that deal with the minds, and they said, actually, you know, they do feel, they feel quite shameful about this whole thing because it makes them look weak and vulnerable. Huh. So they feel highly of themselves, and a breakup is a moment. They don't actually love their partner, but instead they love the attention and validation that they, you know, they get from this person, so they miss that narcissistic supply. I believe you can get that on um, a good delivery service. Uh, yeah. A breakup is basically them being told no, and that's a thing that a narcissist doesn't like at all. So, yeah. Well, I think we've just proven that I'm not a narcissist, yeah. though. <laughs> and <laughs> Thank it you. actually leads to this narcissistic injury. <laughs> so, yes, narcissists do feel during a breakup, they just don't feel a broken heart. Huh? Who knew? Who knew? Who we knew? do now. Well, we do so now. these people. <laughs> There you go, lovely listeners. You now know. As much as we know. <laughs> right, and I do believe you have a word of the week for us. I do. I feel like it's my role to do the word of the week. Which, it is. Yes. So my word of the week is logolepsy, and it's an obsession with words. Obsession with words. Which Beautiful. I feel like, Yes, which I feel like I've got right now. So there you go. Do you have a petticoat lane? Uh, no, I will have a petticoat lane next week if we have a government shutdown. Though. Yes, I think you will. I don't. I, I. I. will say that this Monday, going for my run, everyone was on cloud, cloud fucking whatever cookie land. They were oh. just floating about. And it's like in the mornings, I feel like this, you know, darker, less energy feeling. Uh-huh. Let's just turn this all into zombies. So can we just please start walking? We're out on the streets. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And walk one abreast. <laughs> one abreast. Oh my god! Especially if you've got kids. Just ne- never five. Make a crocodile. <laughs> exactly. Make a crocodile. So, Daniel, do you think we covered everything? My dear, we have barely set the agenda. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to Bitches with Beards. I've been Max, and I'm Daniel. A big thanks to you all for tuning in and giving us a listen. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please remember that only a mother could love our views and opinions. They reflect us and no one else. 
All music and clips are used under fair use. We'll see you next week, unless we're cancelled. Cheers. Cheers.